Hello, everyone. It's a great pleasure for me to join you this evening. Allow me first to thank you, Claudio, and also thank uh, all of the participants at this National Angel Capital Roundtable. It's, it's a great honor to listen to Janet and to Cameron and to be with you today. I should also add that Minister Baines asked me to pass on his regrets for not being able to join you today. And I know that he looks very much forward to speaking with you at the earliest opportunity. But as I tell everyone, he is the uh, mobilizer-in-chief working with both industry and the science community. So he's uh, very busy these days. I uh, also understand that you uh, recently hosted my uh, good colleague, Rachel and Diane. So you're well aware, of course, not only for, for that program, but also the slides that uh, you kindly provided. So you're well aware of all the government's efforts to support businesses and workers throughout our economy. For my part, I've been working with Minister Baines, who's been very keen on helping mobilize Canada's industrial and research communities in our collective fight against COVID-19. This mobilization effort, if you will, has involved working hand-in-hand -hand with, with other ministries, namely the Ministers of Health and uh, Public Service and Procurement, Minister Haidu, Minister Anand, and their respective teams. Our departments have been approached by companies of all types and sizes from every region of the country. Each of these companies and private entities have been uh, infused with uh, a passion and a commitment to do everything possible to help Canadians fight this virus and to keep us all safe. Whether it be by way of retooling to produce personal protective equipment, to leveraging technology to assist and aid physicians, to offer digital healthcare services, to developing vaccines and therapeutics, Canadian innovators have stepped up uh, to the plate in a very big and meaningful way. Now, I know that many of you have been part of this effort as well, and I can't thank you enough or uh, sufficient for all the contributions that you're certainly making. Over the past few months, we've been working hand in hand with companies as they retool and they uh, rapidly scale up to produce critical equipment such as masks, uh, face shields, ventilators, medical gowns, and test kits. And because time is of the essence, we've leveraged many of our existing programs to make this happen. For example, we refocused the Innovative Solutions Canada program to support the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Consequently, the, this particular procurement program has received tremendous response from small and medium-sized enterprises acro across the country for testing streams focused, as I was saying, on personal protective equipment, testing and diagnostics, and patient monitoring and tracking, to name a few obvious examples. With the Government of Canada as a first buyer, this is an excellent opportunity for Canadian innovators. As uh, many of you may have uh, heard, Minister Baines likes to say often and loudly that our approach to uh, personal protective equipment has been 
buy, 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 build, build, build. And of course, for smaller companies with innovative ideas that can aid in the fight against COVID-19, the innovation superclusters, whether it be with respect to digital technology, next generation manufacturing, or AI, they have launched COVID-19 response programs. And they continue to expand their innovation ecosystems to support the development of solutions that will uh, protect the health and safety and well-being of all Canadians during this pandemic and indeed beyond. Following the supercluster model, these programs carve out essentially what you could refer to as a special niche for innovative SMEs to play a crucial role in developing much needed goods and services. But while we've been building our domestic capacity to produce critical equipment to protect Canadians, we know that the only way out of this crisis is through science and innovation. I certainly can't emphasize that enough. We have to continue to tap in to the experiences and the know-how of innovators. We're investing aggressively in vaccine and therapy uh, development to support Canada's world-leading scientists in the global race for a cure. And we're also, of course, working to scale up our domestic biomanufacturing capacity so we can be better prepared for future pandemics. So by way of example, we've invested $792 million through the Strategic Innovation Fund to harness the power of Canadian firms in their varied efforts to develop vaccine and therapy candidates for clinical trials, as well as create uh, biomanufacturing opportunities. This fund has been instrumental in driving innovation in the life sciences sector over the past two years, and we firmly and passionately believe that it can be just as useful in our response to COVID-19. We're also investing in, as a government in critical public and private sector research that will help to rapidly detect, manage, and reduce the transmission of COVID-19. Finally, because we know that many of our best ideas also come from uh, the public sector, our government is also funding medical countermeasures undertaken within research institutes and universities. In fact, a very significant portion of the uh, billion dollars in medical countermeasure funding announced on uh, April 22nd uh, targets this specific community. I encourage uh, each of you to learn more about uh, our investments in national genome sequencing efforts through the Canadian COVID uh, Genomics Network led by Genome Canada, in vaccine development efforts at the University of Saskatchewan's by now famed Vido Intervac, and also in the NRC's Human Health Therapeutics Facility in Montreal. The NRC is partnering with companies such as VBI Vaccines to help them test and develop biomanufacturing processes. Ultimately, uh, we want to deliver a vaccine or a treatment. 
We want Canadians to return to their regular routines, as you can imagine. And we want to get the economy moving again um, and to assist in paving the way for the smoothest rebound in the aftermath of this pandemic. And as you have heard uh, the Prime Minister repeat, we need all Canadians to be part of this effort. We will need Canadian entrepreneurs to lead the way. And we'll need angel investors to activate capital to support them. And while the innovation sector is playing a key role in the fight against COVID-19, we also know that the economic shutdown has had a significant impact on early stage uh, companies, as was rightly pointed out by Janet. During these uncertain times, uh, they are the kind of businesses that are facing supply chain disruptions, cash flow issues, a collapse in demand, and even perhaps an inability to maintain staff to perform leading edge R&D. What's more, because they are at the startup stage, they likely do not qualify for other wage subsidy or liquidity measures we have announced. That's why we decided to inject $250 million in new funding into the National Research Council's Industrial Research Assistance Program to assist innovative early stage companies that are unable to access existing COVID-19 business supports. NRC IRAP has long been a source of support for high potential small businesses across our great country, and we're able to quickly adapt this program so it can continue to do so during this crisis. All to say essentially that our objective from the beginning has been a collective and cooperative effort. Canadians are innovating at unprecedented speed to address the COVID-19 challenge head on. And as we continue our fight against COVID-19, we are asking for your help as well. Canada has both the deep talent and the breadth of knowledge to meet this challenge and to support post-pandemic economic recovery. As we emerge from this crisis, we must leverage this sense of urgency and our country's innovative spirit to strengthen our economy for the benefit of all Canadians. Thank you. Thank you, Parliamentary Secretary Estasi. If if I recognize that we're pressed for time, so I hope that you can stay for a few more questions, if that's all right. Absolutely, very much at your service. Wonderful. So we've been talking about this notion of innovating at the speed of the crisis. And we've heard stories like Dr. Kahn's on how Blue Dot was an innovation that was born out of the SARS crisis and supported by the ecosystem and the investments that our government has made into the ecosystem over, over all these years. We anticipate that as the economy shifts into recovery mode from COVID-19, that a number of agile companies will spring into action and be the future of our ecosystem. Can you speak to how the government is innovating at the speed of the crisis and helping to support the, the emergence of these types of companies in the aftermath of the crisis? Great question, Claudio. I guess uh, the best way to answer that question is uh, to start off by highlighting several things we do know. 
What we do know is that digital solutions can play a crucially important role as we begin to reopen the economy. We also know that Canadians place tremendous value on their privacy. We also, as you can imagine, have been very much vested into looking at other jurisdictions. Other jurisdictions around the world are adopting apps that leverage different types of technologies and have a range of functionalities. Because of these realities and, and holding firm uh, to the things that we know, we are exploring different options. And it's all about finding a balance, if you will, a balance between adopting innovative solutions that can help protect the public, but also protect individual privacy. I can tell you that Minister Baines has been absolutely emphatic in highlighting that privacy is our first priority. It is our highest priority. But as we go through this, I think it's imperative that we feel comfortable when we look back on decisions in due time, perhaps months or years from now, that we didn't compromise our principles. That's why, as you know full well, Claudio, we are having many, many discussions with entrepreneurs, provinces, the privacy uh, commissioner, uh, just to make sure that we get this right. Great, thank you. It really is such a tough balance. So maybe on, on that point, can you speak to how the government is engaging with and supporting innovative companies like, like what we've heard from in terms of Blue Dot? Any comments there? Well, it was great to hear Cameron speak about Blue Dot's story. Blue Dot is uh, certainly a, a true Canadian success story. It's a company that aspired to great things and, and essentially has inspired us all in the process. I know that Minister Bain's office has been very engaged with Blue Dot over the past few months. And as Dr. Khan suggested, they're now working with the public health agency to deliver important data to inform our public uh, health response. As I mentioned previously, we're, we're also pivoting, much like uh, many companies, and we're pivoting our existing programs like Innovation Solutions Canada, the Strategic Innovation Fund, the Digital Superclusters and the National uh, Research Council's Industrial Research Assistance Program to support Canadians companies with innovative solutions in the fight uh, in the fight against COVID-19. Allow me to emphasize, for example, that last week, Minister Baines announced uh, $175 million through the Strategic Innovation Fund to Absolera, a Vancouver-based biotech company uh, with a world-leading antibody discovery platform. The funding that was announced will support them in their efforts to develop an antibody-based therapy and to build a biomanufacturing facility for antibodies in Canada. And this will take place in Vancouver. So Canadian innovators are bringing forward solutions and our federal government is mobilizing new and existing funds to support them. But perhaps at this uh, juncture, it would be best to, to turn to Cameron. As he was explaining, and I know that he's been doing exceptionally well, as he was explaining, essentially, you know, you have the Secretary General of the UN, you have Newt Gingrich, and many, many people wanting to uh, tap into his insights, 
and into his company. What has your experience been, Cameron, dealing with Ottawa, whether it's with the bureaucracy or, or with the health professionals? Well, thank you, Ali. And, and again, thank you for, for those kind words. You know, we have had the pleasure of working with Minister Baines in during this crisis in looking at ways that we can move quickly. Time is our most valuable resource here. It's non-renewable and we don't get it back. And how we use our time is, is critically important. So I think we have had, we have found this to be a extremely valuable relationship. I think for many entrepreneurs, knowing how to navigate the public system and government is, is challenging. It's maybe less familiar to us. And I think his office has been incredibly helpful to help guide us to be as efficient as possible. And so I think in, in that regard, this has been a, a fantastic experience. I think one area that I would really highlight is, is one that we will, we will need to think about as this pandemic unfolds. There has been a history, and I'm not speaking to, uh, to Canada specifically, but really around the world, of mobilizing uh, a response during a crisis, but then having it kind of wane after the crisis is over. And I think this will be one of those really important moments for us to be using every day in peacetime to be preparing for and laying the foundation for systems that can respond to the next crisis in the most efficient and timely manner possible for the purposes of protecting lives, not just our own, but lives around the world. We are interconnected and interdependent with the rest of the world, but also to be protecting our prosperity and to be mitigating the social consequences that we are seeing from this tiny little virus, which is, has really paralyzed and crippled the whole planet. I do want to say I, I believe this is a really unique moment, however. You know, history is unfolding right in front of our eyes. I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say this pandemic is maybe one of the most important and significant events in human history. We have never quite had a moment where the entire planet has been crippled by a tiny little virus in the way that COVID-19 has, has impacted us. But I think this is a moment for Canada to shine in terms of its ability to innovate, to, to demonstrate its creativity, and really show its values of how we can innovate to be having a material impact and positive impact on society, but preserving some of our other core values around privacy and, and, and protecting some of these foundational values that we have in terms of how we do things when, when it comes to responding during a crisis. So I think this is a, it is a crisis, but it's also an incredible opportunity, I think, for, for our country really to shine um, on the global stage. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, I have an operational question for you before we close off, but before I get to that, Ali, on that, on that point around, you know, this being one of the most significant or the most important event in human history, is this Canada's opportunity to shine? And, and I ask that in a really positive way, in the sense that our government has been moving at a rapid speed. If we could keep this up after the health pandemic, uh, many ha have, have looked at this as being the, the catalyst that we need to really energize the private sector to, to drive the economic recovery. So it's an open question, but you know, is this Canada's moment to shine? And how can we keep this momentum going as we move into the economic recovery? 
I would incline towards the uh, same uh, response that Janet provided. It's both a challenge, but it also holds quite a bit of uh, promise. As you know, we have unveiled a number of different plans, but we appreciate every step of the way that there may uh, very well be gaps in the plans that we've been unveiling. And for that reason, given the speed at which we've had to respond, we've been firm since the start in uh, essentially uh, repeating that we're going to listen and we're going to adapt and that we will do whatever it takes to save Canadian businesses and Canadian jobs. So when we heard of the challenges of staff wages, operational costs or rents, insofar as particular businesses were concerned, we rolled out a series of measures to address those varied needs. We also launched the Canada Emergency Business Account to help small businesses uh, struggling uh, to keep up with their operating costs and their cash flow. Under this program, which I'm sure is familiar to many of you, small business owners can now uh, go to their local financial institution or credit union to apply for an interest-free $40,000 uh, loan backed by the government. The loan is um, essentially designed to help businesses cover expenses and up to $10,000 is forgivable if a company pays back before the end of 2022. But in recognition of all the challenges facing Canadian businesses, we have tried to identify those gaps after having discussions with uh, groups such as yours. And perhaps I should add that as you're uh, likely aware, after Minister Jolie appeared at your roundtable and had the benefit of listening to your experienced voices, she did change some of the program as, programs as it related uh, to our regional development uh, agencies. Thank you, Ali. Many on the call have um, asked questions around some of these policy gaps. So it's, it's great that you've made comments in reference to how quickly the government is moving, that the government is cognizant of them, and that discussions like this are helping to inform the policy response. We do have subject matter experts you know, across the, the thousands of listeners that have tuned in, and it's very helpful to know and encouraging to know that our government is listening to the insights that they bring on the ground as they're as they're building their companies and supporting the ecosystem. So thank you very much for that. To all of you on the call, we will be launching a policy consultation document. Your questions are being heard and we are aggregating all of that for our government to be helpful as they consider new policy responses and expansions of the current programs to fill the gaps. We will be inviting you over the next week or so to shape and contribute to the Entrepreneurship Capital Action Plan that we're developing, which is a series of recommendations to unlock the full potential of our ecosystem and to unlock that $6.9 billion that by our assessments is ready and waiting to be unlocked. And as we move towards the economic recovery, unlocking $6.9 billion across the country in every province, city, town, and community. It is critical to uh, supporting the entrepreneurs and the employees that rely on those companies and their communities. And so we will be working with you in developing solutions that will inform our government on what steps need to be taken to ensure our economic recovery is inclusive, responsive to the needs of all entrepreneurs, startups, scale-ups, 
women-led companies, indigenous-led companies, and founders building the next wave of global companies. We cannot afford to leave any entrepreneur behind. We recognize that as you build your companies, it's critical to your own economic survival that the company succeeds. And then, of course, it's critical to Canada's economic future that we support at the seed stage all the way through to scale and growth so that we, we build this next wave of global companies. We have a tremendous contribution to make to the world. And the success story of Blue Dot Shopify, Slack, and many others that were founded by Canadians speaks to what we can contribute and how the world wants to look to Canadian innovation and relies on Canadian innovation as we move into the future. Ali, I think I can say safely on behalf of everyone on this call today how appreciative we are and thankful for everything you have done, Minister Baines has done, and our government has done on behalf of Canadians at large, and also for the commitment that we've seen consistently from this government to the entrepreneurial and innovation ecosystem. Your being here, your capacity to listen, your willingness to contribute your thoughts, and your willingness to innovate at the speed of the crisis, which has been exceptional as we watch our government respond. It is a testament to the incredible leaders that we have here in Canada, and we're thankful for the work that you're doing. So thank you, Ali. Thank you, uh, Claudio. I, I can't tell you how grateful we are. And let me just emphasize that we are making every attempt to be there for uh, Canadians and Canadian companies. And on that note, I think it's important that I thank you for for your relentless and inspired leadership. And thank you to all of the people who are on this roundtable for assisting us in clarifying and uh, refining our approach to how we fight through this, through this pandemic. Thank you, Ali, for the kind words. Uh, in closing, I want to thank Janet Bannister, Dr. Cameron Kahn, once again, Parliamentary Secretary Ali Asasi for being here and, and contributing to this conversation this evening. And to all of you for your unwavering support, your positivity, your policy solutions, your questions. We do hear you during this challenging time and we are here to support you. We will be back for our next roundtable. As always, this roundtable has been recorded and will be available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and we will be emailing a summary of this event to everyone that registered today, including, including those recordings. And so we look forward to seeing you all again next Thursday. We will keep these roundtables up and we hope that you will continue to tune in and contribute your questions and your insights as we lead up to the next roundtable. And we will use those insights and leverage them to shape the discussions that we have going forward. Thank you, everyone.